On today's podcast, we will be discussing the Facebook outage and how it affected Oculus Rift, which right now David is completely useless and has no idea where he is. Also, we're going to talk about rogue games and their recent comeback and how it uh, relates to the Bible. Up next. All right, so let's jump into our first piece of news here. Facebook goes down this morning. I was on my toilet. I was going through my Facebook feed, trying to get an update to say that uh, tonight is our Monday night Discord video, uh, or Discord voice chat. And unfortunately, I couldn't do that because Facebook groups were down. I thought it was just groups. Then I come to find out that it was Facebook groups, Facebook marketplace, Facebook, all of Facebook, uh, not to mention Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus VR, down for some, I don't know, five hours, something like that. Uh, so yeah. So apparently the Facebook outage was not just unfortunate to those of us who use Facebook to post social media, but also unfortunate to those people, especially gamers. A lot of people out there stream on Facebook. A lot of people out there, uh, use Facebook for their businesses. So Facebook, uh, unfortunately going down, Caused a lot of people, I'm sure, to jump onto things like Twitch to stream over there. Probably people jumping over to YouTube. Uh, I saw some funny comments on TikTok. People saying, if you're here because of the Facebook <laughs> outage, welcome to TikTok. Um, so, yeah, it says, you know, unfortunately, uh, people are realizing also how much Facebook is integrated with all of the Facebook logins, right? That even just the clicking the yeah. button that says log in with Facebook cause some problems. So uh, there's a lot of speculation. We'll see how the future plays out. Uh, was this related to the whistleblowing incident uh, where Facebook was uh, allegedly uh, not doing such ethical business practices? We'll have to wait and see. But for now, uh, the news of the day is that Facebook was down and not just down for a few minutes, down for multiple, multiple hours. What else do we have in the news, Russ? Uh, well, I wanted to pose a question for everybody who's listening. Uh, let us know, either comments, Facebook, whatever. Um, how did the Facebook outage of 2021 affect you? And did it affect you at all? Um, up next in the news, we've got the Accessible Games Database. So it looks like we have, and I don't know why anybody hasn't thought of this before, a great database uh, that Game Informer talks about that allows us to understand the accessibility of different games. Um, it just went live here, October 1st. Uh, Dave, have you explored it? What are you thinking about it? Uh, what are your thoughts on the accessible games database? We've talked about here on the podcast, the importance of accessibility in video games. Uh, certainly the fact that, you know, not everybody can hold a controller with two hands can look at a screen with two eyes that, you know, are, are, are good, uh, that not everybody has the same level of hearing, right. That, that not everybody's, um, reaction time is the same. And yet I think we should make gaming as accessible to everybody as possible because gaming is just, it's fun, right? Uh, we play games to have fun, to learn stories, uh, and it's a part of, of culture. So, uh, why not make games more accessible? We've also done fundraisers in the past to help out, uh, organizations like able gamers. Um, we've talked a lot on the podcast in the past about like the last of us part two and all of the extra work that they did to make that game accessible. So, I think something like the Accessible Games Database is amazing. Uh, I just went on the website right now, AccessibleGamesDatabase.com. And it's kind of neat because it's got a filter for publishers. It's got a filter for genres, a filter for platforms. Um, I will say this is not a uh, fancy website. It's pretty basic, but it yeah. wouldn't surprise me to see somebody pick up on this and say, you know what, I'm going to sponsor that thing. 
and, you know, or some company buy it, right. Or somebody else just take off the idea and say, we could do that and do it even better. Um, but I love the fact that you can go through and say, I want to filter by, um, visual settings. So I want to filter by, uh, games that have a narrator in them. And so I click on that takes a second to chew through it and load and it brings up, you know, Madden 2020, Madden 21, Immortals (laughs) Phoenix Rising, Flight Simulator, Mortal Kombat 11, Sea of Thieves. So it's really neat. You can go through there, find motor skills, colors, uh, auditory, uh, even then ESRB ratings. So, uh, you know, if I'm looking for a game that my kid can play that has a narrator, I maybe don't want them playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, it's a pretty cool database, pretty cool idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. And, you know, for any of our listeners out there, um, that are disabled gamers, uh, you know, check it out. I think anybody else check it out and share it with your friends and let them know about it. I think it's a great resource and a tool to have available for, uh, anyone. Um, up next, uh, PlayStation is bringing back somewhat a classic, classic thing that we were reminiscing about off air, which is game trials i.e. game demos but rather than actually the publishers putting out a demo it is going to be a slice of the beginning of the game first few minutes you know 30 minutes to an hour of the game check out whether or not it's a game that you want whether it's not a game that you want to purchase i know david and i chatted about it and he said the same thing i did which was you know my way of trying games was either the demo discs or, you know, going to Blockbuster, running a game for a little bit, and then being like, I love this game. I had so much fun playing it for a couple hours. Uh, now I want to, you know, buy it or it wants to be my Christmas game that I want to get. Um, so bringing back trials, I think, is a great idea, especially what the game that's on all of the like posts about it is Death Stranding. And I'm like, that's a game that I think everybody should at least try to see if it's a game that you like. I mean, you hear the jokes that it's, you know, UPS delivery simulator, but I think once you actually try it and you get the ambiance and how cool the game is, I think a lot more people would be turned on to that. So I could see game trials helping that. Dave, your thoughts on game trials coming back? Yeah, I think after everybody tries uh, games like Death Stranding, they'll realize that they actually do like the UPS game simulator. Uh, not that it's not a UPS simulator, but it's just an amazing game simulator. Um, I love the idea of game demos. Uh, certainly for a person like me, I'm not buying a ton of games per year. And when I do, I am very discerning about what I'm going to spend my money on um, because I know I'm not going to be able to play 40, 50 hour games. If I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't have 40 or 50 hours to devote to a new game every single month. Uh, you know, unfortunately I have this whole full-time job thing. Um, (laughs) but you know, the, the idea of having a demo, um, both I think introduces somebody to the game. They can say, yeah, you know, I've played that. I've felt it. I know what it's like. Um, but also then to see, do I like it enough that I want to spend money on it? Um, you know, for me, there are a whole lot of games that once I start them, Sea of Thieves, I think is one of these. I heard for a long time that Sea of Thieves was a fun game. Um, you know, granted free to play through Xbox, uh, game pass, but I had heard that this was a fun game. It was fun with friends, but I never really had the chance to dive into it. Um, and I think there's a lot of games that once you get the mechanics, once you see the graphics, once you get a piece of the story, um, the biggest question is how are they going to do it? Is it going to be based on number of hours? Is it going to be you know a free level? Uh, I think every game uh, is going to be a little different. They're going to have to be different because you can't just give somebody the first 30 minutes of Death Stranding because uh, then they'll only get halfway through the first cutscene. 
But, <laughs> but yeah, I remember as a kid, one of my favorite things was getting the latest PC gamer magazine in the mail. It always came with a free demo disc in the back. And so, you know, getting to play some of those games, I'm looking here to post, uh, looks like some of the early games like, uh, army men, F 15 fighter pilot thief, um, playing age of empires two. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, nostalgia. I think, um, mech warrior mercenaries was on a, a demo oh, yeah. disc. Oh, so yeah. lots of, lots of good stuff that I think giving people the opportunity to try more games is a good thing. Yeah, it's it's a really smart move by PlayStation. I'm sure Xbox will maybe jump in at some point and do this as well. Uh, final piece of news, pretty big news actually, and it's something that kind of leaked a long time ago. And we discussed it, I believe, previously on an, on a podcast, but it is now official. Sony has officially purchased Bluepoint uh, Studios. If you guys don't know who Bluepoint is, uh, let me just say some of their games. They were the ones in charge of the Demon Souls remake at PS5 launch great remake um they've done a lot of remasters they did the shadow of the colossus they did uh um oh shoot i can't even remember what other games but they they have a bunch of remake things underneath their belts oh they did the uncharted collection uh one through three so they've done these great ports and remasters and remakes of games um and now the rumor is to well not rumor they did come out and say it in an interview after being announced as a playstation studio that they were are working on an original game what that game is, we don't know. I take original game just to mean not a remake remaster. Some people are like, well, that means it's a new IP. So there are some rumors out there. I've seen several insiders slash uh, journalists in the gaming world say that through the rumor mill, they've heard that uh, Bluepoint is working on the next Bloodborne, which kind of makes sense going from Demon Souls to Bloodborne. So they're kind of already in that ecosphere of From Software and be able to kind of take the torch from, from software. Um, but David's thoughts on blue point. Have you experienced any of these blue point games? Uh, and, and what do you think they could be working on? Or would you like to see them be working on? I'm not as familiar with blue point. Um, you know, as I always talk about, I'm kind of the, the baby steps gamer, you know, uh, I know just enough to get me in trouble. Um, and you know, more of a fan of, I think specific games and game series than others, um, but I, I think that Sony acquiring this is a good thing. Uh, I think we've seen pretty much nothing but positive stuff from Sony exclusive studios. So, you know, Sony picking up yet another Sony exclusive studio, good stuff for Sony. Um, you know, I think a lot of rumor about maybe it's a bloodborne game. Um, I also think, you know, maybe we haven't heard a lot about uncharted. Could it be an uncharted game? You know, we're, we're kind of you know, in that somewhere. season of, you know, maybe Uncharted 5. Who knows? Or, or a um, spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So uh, good stuff. I think uh, keep on keeping on, Sonny. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to the topic of the show. I did mention it briefly up at the top. Um, I've been playing a lot of rogue games, and they have been coming out uh, in masses. Um just so people understand and know real quick, let me give you guys kind of a synopsis of what a rogue game is like. So um, rogue video games are games where you as the character, I mean, really the, the best way I can sum it up is the whole point of the game is that you die. Um, so what that means is each time you have to die, you die a lot, you figure out more things about it, you progress a little bit further. 
But the whole idea is that some kind of mechanic is centered around the fact that you are going to die and you're going to die a lot. Uh, examples, and if I want to go straight directly to the name, Rogue Legacy was an indie title that came out on the PS4 and PlayStation Vita. That was a Rogue uh, Metro Devania game. Uh, the other type of Rogue games that have come out recently, of course, the wonderful and amazing game, one of my favorite games from this past year, uh, Returnal for the PlayStation 5. If you haven't picked that up and you have a PS5, I highly recommend when it goes on sale. If you aren't interested in it yet, look for it on sale. I had a ton of fun in that. Was able to beat it, uh, beat, beat it multiple times. So even though it's a very difficult game and very rogue-esque, uh, I was able to get through the entire game on that. Follow that up with Hades, the game of the year from last year. I mean, I, I had no idea what to expect with this one. And when it finally came to other consoles uh, last month, I dove into it on both Xbox and PlayStation and was absolutely blown away and sucked in from the get-go. I have beaten it at least one time, or I've, I've gotten through it three times so far. I'm not even close to 100%. That's the big thing is you just keep leveling up and growing your character and dying. And each time you die, you come back, you, you do something a little bit different. It gets better. And then the most recent one, which is a, a really big AAA rogue-esque game, is Bethesda and uh, Arcane Studios' uh, Deathloop. Uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive, first-person shooter, really cool death cycle that you go through. Every time you die, you wash up on shore, you go back through. The whole point of the game is to try and defeat, i.e., the bosses, but they're um, fellow assassins in the game. There's eight of them, but you only have four parts of the day to kill them. So four for eight killers, you got to figure out what you're doing there. Um, David and I had a discussion and how we related this to the Bible. And the way that I, I explained to Dave, I was like, Deathloop is about going through these day periods, collecting information so that you can go through the day periods and are able to kill multiple assassins in each period rather than one assassin per period because then you won't complete the, the loop. So, Dave, we, we had that discussion. We, we looked at it. How do you see ways that rogue games kind of relate to the Bible and what we can use the Bible for? as people kind of living our lives out right now. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the initial thought is, you know, thinking about rebirth, um, right. And, and the concepts that are found in Eastern religions, um, the concept of rebirth, the concept of, you know, that after we die, we might be reborn and that we get to have like, you know, a million attempts at this life, uh, you know, trying to do better each time. Well, as Christians, we don't really ascribe to that. Um, we don't really prescribe, ascribe. We don't subscribe. I, I don't know. I think, um, yeah. We don't subscribe to that theology. You know, when we die, we're no longer in this body. We don't get to come back and try again. Uh, you know, there's no do over per se. Um, but I do think there's an element of uh, things that have happened in history and things that people tell stories about are hopefully there to help us learn to live better lives. Um, right. So we, we tell some of these stories in history stories, right. We talk about, uh, you know, internment camps and how horrible those were. And hopefully those teach us not to, uh, you know, enslave our own people or to imprison our own people, uh, or to, you know, just in general, imprison anybody that's not, uh, you know, criminal, uh, all sorts of things. We could talk about criminal justice system there, but, um, you know, we learn from the mistakes of the past. And I think scripture 
does contain a historical record uh, to some sense. And I think there's a lot of places where, you know, people guess and, and try to figure out, well, you know, was the book of Jonah, was that history? Was it allegory? I've always said it doesn't matter because the question is not whether it's true. Sorry. The not, question is not whether it's fact. The question is, does it contain truth? So I've likened this to the boy who cries wolf, right? And the story of the boy who cries wolf, it, for those of you that maybe don't know it, because I realize maybe uh, not everybody does, but essentially this boy goes out, uh, he's watching in the fields, and then suddenly he's getting bored. And so he decides to say that there's a wolf. The townspeople come out. They say, where's the wolf? He says, oh, you know, well, there really wasn't a wolf. I was just bored. Then eventually later, it happens again and again. Well, eventually he sees a wolf. He cries out that there's a wolf. And the village people say, well, we're not going to believe him, right? We don't think that he's a trustworthy source of information. And so after crying wolf so many times, he gets eaten. Um, so there's a moral to that story. There's something that true that's contained within it, even if there never was a factual, literal boy who literally cried wolf. So I think the same thing is true in the story of Jonah, right? We can learn something from the story of Jonah, whether it was factual that he got swallowed by a big fish or not. We can look at that story and say, you know, clearly running away from God and, and getting slapped in the face a couple of times and, and trying to be redirected and continuing to run away from God's plan for your life or God's will for your life or uh, God's invitation for your life. Not good stuff, right? We should, we should accept where God invites us to go uh, and where God calls us to go. So I think there are those places where we can learn kind of like watching somebody else go through a walkthrough in a video game, kind of like watching somebody else play the game uh, or by yeah. reading a walkthrough online or just reading some tips ahead of time. You know, scripture contains all sorts of walkthroughs and tips for us for life that say, Hey, you know, you got struggles with anger, you know, maybe you shouldn't take it out on your neighbor. You know, if you've got struggles with uh, jealousy because your neighbor just got a new Corvette and you're really feeling like, you know, you, you really want that new Corvette. Here's why it's important not to covet your neighbor's things uh, and why it's going to help you live a better life by not coveting your neighbor's things. Uh, or, you yeah. know, Hey, maybe you saw somebody, uh, you know, changing on the rooftop over there and, you know, she looks pretty attractive and you, you look at scripture and say, well, you know, David was lusting after Bathsheba and sent her husband to die in battle. Maybe there's a, a good moral to that story that, Lusting after somebody on the rooftop over there is probably not the best use of your time. Um, all sorts of good morals found in scripture um, that, you know, we can look at and say, this is, this is informative for my life. Russ, what do you think? It, it's, it's a, it's a good roadmap. It's a good, you know, guide to it. Um, you know, in relating it back to what I'm experiencing right now in death loop, the number one important aspect of the game is information. So each time you're supposed to run through the game, you're not supposed to beat it right away out of the get-go. Um, you're supposed to collect information, collect pieces of, of stuff, learn things, and then each loop that you're on, you now have more information to do things the right way rather than going at it completely blind. Like a lot of rogue games are, they have procedurally generated levels. So each time you go in, it's almost like you're playing the game brand new. Um but in Deathloop, that's not the case. Everything is exactly the same each and every uh, time. And while that sounds kind of boring, 
Uh, it doesn't because what it does is actually makes you really cool each time, especially as you get to know the levels more and more. You can fly through those levels, getting all of the enemies taken out in really cool ways, having really cool lines that you find and just doing those each and every time you go through. So you're getting that roadmap of, OK, how do I beat this game? And like you said, we have so many different stories in the Bible, so many different things that are there to, for the exact purpose of giving us a roadmap of how we should live our life, how we should be better people, the ways that we can better this world. And, you know, the weird runaround aspect and runaway way that we're going to relate it back to, you know, rogue video games is, you know, if I could have a roadmap that tells me exactly which doors to open and which ways to go in Hades or in uh, Returnal, I absolutely would use those. I mean, that would make it so much easier of a game. And so much of a quicker experience, but that's not always the case. And that's not always the case in life. We're not always going to be perfect. We're not always going to have that direct, easy path. We're not always going to do the right thing. You know, when I'm playing Hades, I'm not always going to make the right move. And I move wrong one way and I end up dying. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I can't do that. And the next time I get back to that spot, and I'm like, okay, this is that time that I did the dumb thing that got me killed. Now I'm going to do this. Oh, yay, I did it. I defeated the boss finally. I've accomplished something. I've gone further than I've ever gone before. You know, those are things we can also get in Christianity and through the Bible is that grace, the ability to mess up and redo it again in a way of something later on down the road and be able to celebrate our victories when we do something right, when we do something correct, when we do something nice or good that we should have done in the first place. Those are all some great redeeming factors of being a Christian and, and what we do. Yeah. And, and I look at the apostle Paul and the fact that, you know, one of the founders of the modern church uh, was a person who persecuted Jews, right? Was a person who literally was on his way to kill Jews. When he had a conversion experience, he fell down he was blinded by this light and he heard the voice of Christ saying, you're going to live your life differently from now on. Right. And so he changed everything. And I think the amazing thing about that grace and that forgiveness is the ability to say, you're not defined by the mistakes that you've made in the past. You are not defined by your mess ups. You're not defined by, you know, we look at the Psalms of King David, a, a hugely imperfect person. And yet we look at, at the fact that he was able to shepherd his people. He was able to write these beautiful Psalms. He was able to, to connect deeply with God in a way that helped other people connect with God. And yet he was imperfect. And the reality is God uses imperfect people to do God's work. God does not use perfect people. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no places in scripture where it says God was looking for the best person who was the most qualified, who got the most straight A's and the, you know, was, well, did everything right. All the scriptures tell us God looked and said, all right, this dude over here, he's, he's mumbling and he has messed up. And, you know, Moses goes out and kills a guy, right? He is a murderer. He has killed a guy. And that's who God says, you know what? You're going to set my people free. You're going to be the one to go out there and lead them to the promised land. So it, it's a good reminder for us us imperfect people. I'm um, looking at you, everybody out there listening and uh, looking at you, Russ, you, me, you know, all the people out there, God uses imperfect people to do God's work. And so we are given the task of being the hands and feet of God. Um, and, and 
by the grace of God, we are able to have second chances. We're able to forgive one another when we mess up. We're able to learn from our mistakes, just like we can learn from our mistakes in rogue video games and roguelike video games. Um, so as you're playing those games, as you're hitting the save key and you're, you're hitting the save button and the, you know, restarting or when you die and you get to do it all over again, uh, think about the fact you get to do it all over again when you mess up because God's grace is with you through all of it. Yeah. For all of you, for all of you that are listening right now, part of our community, whether you, this is the first time you've listened to a podcast or you listen to all our podcasts, think about it that we're all imperfect people. And no matter what you've done, no matter what you have not done in your past, whatever, anything like that, you know, God's grace is what is so amazing and what is so powerful. And the thing that we believe in the most, especially here at Crossfire, every one of you are welcome. Every one of you are a part of God's kingdom and we love you and appreciate you. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. You know, um, we'll probably be having this sort of discussion about, hey, what does this mean to you guys in our Discord? So if that's something that interests you, make sure that you guys join our Discord and hang out with us on one of our wonderful nights that we do that. Or drop into our Twitch streams and have that conversation with us. Ask those questions. We're fine with answering the really hard questions when we're on stream. Maybe, maybe he's back. Russ, you back? Well, I'll just close this out then uh, by saying that uh, we really appreciate you joining us in the conversation by continuing to have these hard conversations and good conversations and especially joining us in our community because the the whole point of this, Russ and I did not start Crossfire. Uh, We did not start this podcast. We didn't start our group uh, to be Insta famous. We didn't start it to uh, be Instagram influencers. We started this to create a community where people can come together like a virtual campfire, if you will, where we can come together in community around a central idea that we all are people who are exploring and wrestling with our faith. And we're all people who really enjoy games and gaming and using that language to have these conversations. So I really encourage you to check us out on Facebook, on our Facebook group and our Facebook page, check out our website, check out our podcast, which you're currently listening to or watching. Uh, If you're listening to it, you might check out the video version on YouTube. If you're watching it, you can always get the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, check out our discord, which is discord.churchforgamers.com. And we will look forward to having more conversation with you in the days to come. God bless you and have a wonderful week. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Cross fire. Cross fire.